Welcome to This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. This is the podcast edition of this week's show. If you would like to watch the video form of this episode of Twyla, head over to our website at twylatv.org. You can also find all the information related to all the different stories in this episode at that website. Again, that's twylatv.org. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Christian Oaks-White. Thank you for joining us for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, the only TV show bringing Louisiana farmers and consumers together every week. My partner, Avery Davidson, will join us in just a bit. Well, in mid-March, Louisiana farmers and ranchers were served up a frigid cold snap that lasted a couple of days. According to some weather data collected, temperatures dropped as low as 26 degrees in Winsboro, Louisiana. This week, Twyla's Carl Wiggers takes us to Franklin Parish to see how three-week-old corn weathered the frosty weather. On a spring morning in Louisiana, a farmer never wants to wake up to this sight. But that's exactly what happened on March 20th in northeast Louisiana. With two days of freezing temperatures, a crop consultant, Hank Jones, feared a huge number of acres would need to be replanted. My biggest fear was that it was going to be a massive, many thousands of acres of event that we had a lot of sand loss for corn and was going to prompt a lot of replants and then you worry about are we going to have enough replant seed to do that with, but fortunately we didn't encounter that. While replanting was necessary for many fields, Jones says the impact to the crop could have been much worse, and the crop damage varied from field to field. Early on we knew it was going to be probably a field-by-field field event and uh, probably related to the planting date of the corn as well. Jones estimates around 10 to 20 percent of the corn acres had to be replanted. The timing of the frigid temperatures could be a blessing in that it left plenty of planting window for farmers to replant what's necessary and still have a chance to grow a corn crop. Here you can see the difference in corn planted before and after the freeze. We were still well within the planting window for, for corn that we could still keep on you know, planting corn and not have to worry about being outside of a planting window. If this would have happened the first week of April, you know, it would have been a different story. We may have had to convert some acres of corn into soybeans, but, you know, for it happening at that point during the planting window, we were able to continue on with the corn crop. Honestly, just me looking back on records from previous years, we're probably still slightly ahead of the curve compared to a five-year average. In Franklin Parish, I'm Carl Wiggers for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. Now, it's hard to know the exact number of acres affected by the frost. According to the latest crop progress report from the USDA, more than 80% of Louisiana's corn crop is rated fair or good, and only 4% is considered excellent. 2023 is an important election year for Louisiana. There will be open seats for four statewide elected positions. The most notable is governor. This week we begin a series of interviews with the candidates running for governor. To kick the series off, Twilight's Avery Davidson sat down with retired Secretary of Transportation, Sean Wilson. Kristen, it's great that all of the candidates for governor have agreed to come here on this week in Louisiana agriculture, and I'm so happy that we get to start it off with a good UL graduate from the Lafayette area. I'm talking about Dr. Sean Wilson, who is the retired Department of Transportation and Development Director, or Secretary, rather. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for joining us on Twyla. Well, go Cajuns, and thank you, Avery. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to the discussion. Well, obviously, your background for the last 
16 years was at DOTD, eight years as the head. Tell me a little bit more about your background, where you got your doctorate and everything Absolutely. Else. So I'm originally from New Orleans, uh, but I moved there uh, from there in 1987 to go to USL uh, and graduated with a degree in urban and regional planning. Uh, met my wife there, uh, who's from Marksville, Louisiana, grew up right there in Hickory Hill, and uh, we decided to make Lafayette our home. So I've been in Lafayette since 1987. I uh, have that degree from USL, uh, and I also have a master's degree in public administration and a PhD in public policy, both from Southern University and m College here in Baton Rouge. And so I have a pretty long career at DOTD. Uh, I've worked there longer than any other place I've worked. Uh, and I started off as an executive. I was a confidential assistant to the secretary and then chief of staff, having worked under a Democratic governor, a Republican governor, and then a Democratic governor uh, thought well enough of me and my service uh, to make me secretary. And it's been an honor to have uh, stepped away after seven years, uh, seven years and some months. And believe it or not, the tenure of being secretary is only three years. Wow. I was the ninth longest serving secretary in the country, uh, rose to be president of the National Association, uh, the first one from Louisiana. Uh, so much history there and lots of fun. So your time at DOTD obviously spills over into agriculture because infrastructure and the roadways are so important to our farmers and ranchers to get Absolutely. everything to market. How does that help you in your, your run for governor? How does that apply to your vision for Louisiana and agriculture? Great question. So the DOTD, the Department of Transportation and Development, is really the bridge uh, for infrastructure to economic prosperity for the state of Louisiana. At the core of that has to be our agricultural farming community. Uh, when you think about the 12,000 plus bridges we have, when you have a timber bridge that's using products that are grown here in Louisiana, or you have a bridge that you can no longer cross if you're moving soybeans, if you're moving cotton, if you're moving um, timber and wood chips, uh, if you're moving rice, guess what? That bridge, while it's load posted, is closed for our market. It's closed for the agricultural community, and that drives up prices. And so from an economic development standpoint, having a better infrastructure system makes farmers and uh, that community operate more efficiently and more affordably to get their products from the farm to the market. Uh, and we've had a long, wonderful relationship, not just with the uh, Farm Bureau community, but also with the individual associations, whether it's the rice farmers or the uh, timber growers, all of those different smaller groups all work very well with the department and have a very rich history. How is that going to play into your, your campaign and into oh, your plans to be governor? So I will tell you, as a candidate for governor, I know firsthand the difficulties of what that industry is facing. I know where the margins are. I understand the impact that policies and procedures have. We've worked to resolve legislative differences. I also know that it's important to be an advocate to help grow that industry here in the state of Louisiana. So as governor, you have a voice in the halls of Congress uh, working with the uh, National Farm Bill and other types of initiatives in Washington to bring resources here to Louisiana. I also know firsthand that the natural disasters that we've seen have been devastating for a large number of our crops and farmers. We can then help uh, finance and fund resources to help them develop that and to recover from that and working with the Commission of Agriculture. Uh, the last thing I'll tell you is I think it's going to be important as a governor to be on the front end of how do you deploy technology? 
How do you deploy innovative solutions like how do you grow hemp and make it more profitable? How do you value the billions of dollars that are extracted from our agricultural land, our processing and our production process, uh, to be able to bring more jobs, to create more wealth, more value? And look, congratulations to Farm Bureau for helping sustain that industry with insurance and all of the practices and services that you provide for this community. Farming is no different than what we have in Louisiana. We've got the four Fs, the food, the families, the fun, and we've got farming. I think it's important for us to think about it from a workforce perspective. How are we going to ensure that we maintain our reputation, we maintain our position as a leading agricultural uh, producing state? And so uh, as governor, I understand this business. I am not a farmer, but I grew up growing millitons and tomatoes and bell peppers with my grandmother. Uh, going into Lafayette, I learned a little bit more about the crawfish industry and what's happening. Of course, we all know what we get out of our water and what we get off of our land in terms of rice and corn and soybeans and the things that we ship. And then last, I would tell you from an executive order standpoint, um, we know the urgency. We've changed rules around um, how do you haul hay for drought in Texas coming through Louisiana. We changed the laws to allow us to do that more efficiently. And so uh, I'm very sensitive to that as governor. I will continue to do that. Uh, and I'm very proud of the relationship that we've had thus far. Now, we also have to talk a little bit about the, the political side of this campaign. You were the lone Democrat so far to, to come out in this race. Oh, obviously, you have a very good chance of making the runoff. What's it going to take for you to get beyond just getting the 32 to 35 percent, which a, a Democrat would, can expect in the primary, and get you over that 50 percent mark in a runoff? Well, I think when you look at my qualifications and experiences, um, we are going to run the race that we have to run to get into the runoff. If anyone tells you that they know what the outcome of that runoff is going to be, they're probably being a little untruthful and gambling a little bit. Uh, but I think our path is very clear for us what we have to do. We have to continue to govern and be viewed as a bipartisan solution, because we have been. That's the kind of official, that's the kind of executive I've been, and that's exactly the kind of governor I'll be. I said in my opening video, I'll build bridges and not burn them. I want to build bridges across all of the divides of our state so that we all can cross to a more prosperous future for Louisiana. And I think that's going to resonate with citizens. We're going to put Louisiana first. We're going to not just invest in urban areas, but we're going to invest in rural areas. If you think about the success of what we've accomplished and what my record will show compared to others, our investments have been slightly tilted, believe it or not, to the rural communities. Look at the NFA Roads Project. Look at the Rural Bridge Project that we allocated $300 million for in my last year out of the bipartisan infrastructure law. Look at how we have invested in off-system bridges. You will see someone who's worked in rural communities all across the state of Louisiana. We've got 16,000 miles. I'm no stranger to those communities. Uh, it's been a very bipartisan approach for me, and it's been successful. We've done things. You know, I can show you a project right now. This is heavy infrastructure, but the 3241 uh, corridor, it's a 30-plus mm -hmm. mile project that was there to benefit the timber industry, a large part of it that's no longer there, that's struggling. We see the exodus in our rural communities. We understand if we build roads to bring businesses, we have an opportunity to restore that. And so that's going to be our path to victory is being bipartisan, being the most qualified and capable candidate, having demonstrated over 25 years of excellent service without the issue of uh, 
unethical behavior or challenges or not being able to work with people. Republicans, Democrats, independents, urban and rural. I've worked with mayors. I've worked with parish presidents. I've worked with DAs and police chiefs. I've worked with truck driving community. I've worked with farmers. I've worked with the sugarcane industry. I've worked with the timber haulers. You name it, we've got a successful relationship. Not one that we always agree, but one that we can always work toward a solution that's going to put Louisiana first. Oh, Dr. Wilson, I know that you are a raging Cajun who is definitely going to put everything into this race. Thank you so much well, for joining us. Thank you for having me, Avery. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. He is Dr. Sean Wilson. Uh, we are so happy that he has joined us on the Twilight set for the first one. We'll be back a little bit later, Kristen, uh, with another candidate. I'm a steward of the land. I am growing a better future. I am feeding the world. I'm making the world a better place. I am resilient. I'm essential, and I'm still forming. I am essential. I am still forming. I am resilient. I am essential. I am still forming. No matter what happens, we are still forming. I am Farm Bureau. 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 We are Farm Bureau. So far, there are five Republicans, one Democrat, and one Independent running for Louisiana governor. You just heard from the lone Democrat, Sean Wilson. Now, Twyla's Avery Davidson sits down with Independent candidate, Hunter Lundy. Joining me now is Hunter Lundy, the lone Independent in this race. And Hunter, you've got a, a background not just in law, but also a little bit with Farm Bureau as well. That's correct, Avery. Uh, when I was my third year of law school in Mississippi, I had a job offer to go to work for the legal department for Southern Farm, and so I did, and I had a lot of life experiences, a lot of great things, but I was the law clerk for the general counsel for Southern Farm, and uh, they offered me a job, but I got a job offer to work for a federal judge when I finished, so I moved to Biloxi and worked there, and then I moved back to Lake Charles, where I was from, after I finished my law clerkship. And when it comes to politics, you've only got one other real foray that you've done, and that was back in 1996 whenever you ran against Chris John for Congress. Uh, how, how did you go from one-time political entrant uh, to that race to now wanting to run for governor? I was very young in 1996, and, and I, I kind of ran for the wrong reasons. I ended up being a single dad and having to raise my youngest son which today he's a ship captain. He's got a degree from Tech and one from A&M, and he, he's a mariner. And, and so I never thought about politics again. I went back. I was the CEO of the law firm, a small businessman, and, uh, you know, we operated out of four states. And, um, and so I just never thought about it again. You know, my mother's 91, doing well, living independently, and I've got pretty good genes. And so uh, at the end of 2021, I knew I was going to quit practicing law. And so uh, I've seen the state of affairs in the state and in the nation. And my heart has always been to help people. I'm just a guy about the people. And so uh, my call has not ended to help people. 
So I, I told people I'm leaving the courthouse and I'm going to the Capitol. And so that's why I'm running this. And, and there's, um, there's a lot to be done. There's a lot that can be done. You know, we have some real serious issues in this state. Uh, you know, crime, poverty, education, all of those things, which I believe I have it in my heart and in my mind to attempt to fix. What in your background in law practice uh, kind of gives you some insight to, to being a good governor if you were to win? And also, what are some of the higher profile cases you've worked on? Well, my last case that I worked on was um, that was a higher pro. I was one of six lawyers appointed by the federal judge in California to go after Roundup because Roundup had caused non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for many of our farmers, crop dusters, people, landscape artists all around the country. It was kind of a signatory disease to an excess exposure. Uh, my grandfather was a farmer. You know, I came from a, a grandfather who was a rice farmer. So we, um, you know, one of the cases I was involved in years ago was uh, uh, the, the suit for the crawfishermen. You know, when the, a product made its way into the rice field that wasn't properly field tested by the manufacturer and it killed hundreds of thousands of acres of crawfish because they didn't know that we co-cropped rice with crawfish at the time. So that was a, a case that, you know, gives me a heart that I have for the agricultural community. So that's kind of been a 40 plus year practice of law. And so um, I've been blessed. I thank God for it. And, um, but you know, I do, I do believe I'm equipped. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I've jokingly said I got the most gray hair of any <laughs> of the candidates. And you know, wisdom does trump understanding and knowledge. Um, I don't go looking for a fight like some of the candidates might, but I'm always ready to fight. And my relationship with the farming community is important to me. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about is, you know, you've got an understanding of agriculture from your upbringing. You have an understanding of Farm Bureau because of your work with Southern Farm Bureau Life. Tell me a little bit about how that would play into your vision for Louisiana's future. What role would agriculture and Farm Bureau play into it? In a forum the other day, I listened to one of the candidates castigate another candidate because of the role that he played in with a former governor on capital outlay and uh, walked about, you know, how uh, the former governor walked around with a baseball bat with his uh, chief of staff and, and, um, and threatened people about capital outlay. And the candidate that was making the comment was saying it was corrupt. Well, it's not corrupt. And it's, it all depends on who the leadership is. And the example is we have a new, it's called the, the South Louisiana Rail Facility in Southwest Louisiana that's just going gangbusters. They got to group, uh, together, 200 and some odd farmers got together. They formed an LLC. They got with the governor's office and they got capital, five million of capital outlay that was sent to the Jeff Davis Parish. And they got together with Mike Strain, the commissioner of agriculture. They got the financing and then they built um, a facility that went from a $5 million outlay to sending $50 million a year of cargo out of the Port of Lake Charles. Now they're sending it to the whole Western Hemisphere. They're sending it by rail, by barge, so forth. And it's opened up to where businesses from other states, of course the state owns this property where this is going on. It started with $5 million of capital outlay. It started with a governor who worked with a commissioner of agriculture who worked with a group of businessmen and they didn't care whether they were an R or a D. 
They were like me. They cared for the people of Louisiana. So can I work with anybody? I can work with anybody. And, you know, I tell people, people have opened the menu and they see the red on one side and the blue on the other side, and they don't want either one. They want somebody who can can work with anybody, and that's why I'm an independent. October 14th is not terribly far away. There are seven candidates. Obviously, there's going to be a runoff with that many candidates. What's it going to take for you to be able to be one of the two in that runoff? If the voters listen to me, and I think if they know my heart, and if they know that my mind and my heart is in this job, and I don't need the job, I don't need a title, I don't need any power, I don't need any money, I don't need anything, but my call is to help people. I'll be the best governor Louisiana ever had because I'll be tenacious and I'll, have, I'll know what people desire and what they want because I've spent a year listening, you know, and I've been all over the state. So it's going to just take people listening and knowing that I mean what I say. Louisiana, I mean, we're the, the best state in the land as the song used to go, where they, where they grow the sugar cane so grand, the Mississippi flows into the sea, that's for you and me, you just ought to see the waving fields of corn. So there's an old song about Louisiana, and that's so true. We're the most industrious people, we're a people of faith, uh, we're a people of culture. Right now we're a state of poverty, and that's, I am gonna tackle that you take crime, education, and poverty. You fix one, you fix the other. You fix two, you fix all three. We can do that. And I'm standing on that belief. Well, I appreciate your tenacity. Hunter Lundy, independent, running for the governor's office. I appreciate you taking time to be on the This Week in Louisiana. Avery, thank set. you so much for your time. I appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime, thank you. The candidates had much more to say than we could put in a 30-minute television show, so if you would like to listen to the interviews in their entirety or watch them online, visit our website at twilatv.org, where you'll find them in both podcast and video forms. Coming up on Twyla, we tour a northwest Louisiana farm with the Louisiana Women in Agriculture group. Stay with us. In our state, the Louisiana Forestry Association promotes sustainable forestry to create clean air, clean water, and a thriving habitat for wildlife. That's why Louisiana has more forests today than 100 years ago. Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you. Crawfish season is in full swing, and with the spring weather, it's a perfect time to go out and buy some for a picnic or a boil in your own backyard. Earlier in the show, Carl Wiggers took you to Franklin Parish, and if you're up there, you can stop by Clark's Crawdad Hole, where live crawfish are going for $2.75 per pound, while boiled are $4.75. In Marrero, West Bank Seafood has live crawfish for $1.29 a pound, and boiled for $2.79. 
And in Lake Charles, you can smuggle in some live at Contraband Crawfish for $2.50 a pound while boiled or being sold at $3.49. These crawfish prices are brought to you by the Louisiana Crawfish Promotion and Research Board, which reminds you to always eat Louisiana crawfish and to make sure you ask before you eat. Well, it's come to the end of our show and time for our weekly boost. This week, Twyla's Brian Hendrickson goes on a tour where our dinner might come from tonight. Over 30 women from the Louisiana Women in Agriculture Convention and Expo went on a farm tour where Evan McCommon, owner of Mahaffey Farms, gave us a tour and walked us through what it takes for a broiler to go from pasture to our plate. We raise pastured broilers, so our, our broilers spend um, almost their entire life on pasture moving every single day to fresh grass with fresh bugs. Um, they have um, some of the best feed uh, we can get. We make it, it's locally milled. They have the supply, but over the years, they have also built the demand. We get chicks in about every other week, and we put new birds on pasture about every other week, and we process chickens about every other week, if not every week. So we're always processing fresh chicken, uh, we, we sell to some local restaurants and um, some restaurants all over the state. Mahaffey Farms has found a way to not only supply the demand of the restaurants, but also the local consumer. We also do a home delivery into Shreveport, Bossier, and Minden. So you can go to our website, cultivate318.com. You can place your order and we will deliver it to your house on Tuesdays or Thursdays. So we, we offer as many um, conveniences as we can muster for our customers. Events like this are to help see where their food comes from, but understand they can do it themselves. I hope that they're encouraged to work in regenerative agriculture or at least buy it, to eat from that system and to realize that there are small farmers out there doing things in a really great way that creates more nutritious, more valuable food for the community that they can participate in. So participation would be whether they grow it themselves or purchase from their local farmers or us would be the best. For This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, I'm Brian Hendrickson. Now, if you're craving chicken for dinner tonight or would like to see what other meats and produce Mahaffey Farms offers, you can go to our website at twilatv.org. Well, that does it for this edition of Twyla. Be sure to join us next week when we will introduce you to the next round of gubernatorial candidates. Until then, you can watch all of our stories online at twilatv.org and be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find all of these stories and more on our YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe to us and turn on the notifications so you know exactly when we put out new content. For all of us here at Twyla, thanks for joining us. We hope to see you again right here next week.